You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. First Corinthians 11, Brother Dan read it for us, but this was the same night in which Jesus was betrayed that he took bread. And of course, he was there with his disciples in that upper room. And verse 24, when he had given thanks, he broke it. He, he broke the bread and he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. It says in verse 27, wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord says in verse 29, For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Now, I want you to think with me for a moment. We'll get right into the message. But the body of Jesus was a body like yours and like mine. The body of Jesus was a body that experienced pain. Jesus experienced hunger. Jesus experienced thirst. The Bible says that Jesus was touched with the feelings of our infirmities. You know what that means? That there was times where Jesus felt weak. There was times that Jesus felt tired. There were times that Jesus felt sick. He had a body like we have. And here Jesus talks about, to his disciples, he talks about his body that was going to be broken. And that's not just figuratively. The body of Jesus was beaten so badly that Isaiah said that you couldn't recognize him as a man. Now, I'll tell you, I've never experienced pain, anything close to that. I cannot imagine what that was like. I've had some injuries in my day, and uh, I, I don't enjoy pain. I don't think any of us do. Some have a, a higher pain tolerance than others. But I cannot imagine being whipped with that cat of nine tails, with uh, shards of glass and, and metal, and, and, and to be, have that, that whip wrapped around the body of Jesus, and then to pull that whip back and to literally pull the flesh off of Jesus' body. I can't imagine that. I can't imagine what it was like when they blindfolded him and they began to, to hit him. The Bible says to, to buffet him, literally to punch him in the face, mockingly and saying, who hit you, Jesus? I can't imagine that crown of thorns which was, again, not, not just a figurative, but it was literal thorns that would be the size of nails and spikes that were literally pounded into his skull. I can't imagine that pain. And that was just the beginning because then Jesus was placed on that cross where the nails, the spikes were driven through his hands and through his feet, and he was suspended on that cross where uh, historians say that the Romans felt like they had uh, perfected the art of torture in the crucifixion. And that body that Jesus had, that body was broken, and it was beaten, and it was tortured for you and for me. 
Jesus' body, he said that those who did not eat and drink worthily, they were guilty of the body and the blood. And then it says in verse 21, 29 that they were guilty of not discerning or not giving the proper distinction or reverence to the body of Christ. I'd like to speak to us for a few moments tonight as we have observed the Lord's Supper. But I'd like to talk to us about the body of Jesus. Our Father, I pray you'd speak to our hearts and help me to do justice to this subject. I pray that our hearts and minds would be open and alert. I pray that we would not tune out. I pray that we would not uh, think that this is just another service and another message. But I pray that you'd give us something tonight that we could uh, hold on to and something that we could take with us and something that would help us and encourage us as we do our best to live for you. And as we remember tonight how much you loved us, I pray that our love for you would be increased and I pray that our love for you would be greater than it's ever been. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Very quickly, I want you to notice the body of Jesus. Number one, his body was broken. We've already talked about that. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four. this is my body which is broken for you. I want to remind you, Jesus did not go to the cross for his own sin. Pilate examined Jesus and he, Pilate himself said, I find no fault in him. This man is not worthy to die. But can I tell you, Jesus wasn't going to the cross for his own sin. He was going to the cross for the sin of you and the sin of me and the sin of all mankind. And his body was broken so that the price for sin could be paid. So on that cross, Jesus could say, it is finished, meaning the price had been paid in full with the blood that was shed and with the body of Christ that had been broken. I hope we never forget what Jesus did for us. You know, if someone were to save your life, if someone were to rescue you from a, a car accident or someone were to rescue you from a, a burning house, can I tell you, you would forever be indebted to that person. But Jesus didn't just save your physical body. Jesus saved your soul. And he gave you eternal life when he broke his body and allowed his body to be broken on the cross. Number one, his body was broken. Number two, I want you to turn with me to Matthew 27. And I want you to see something that I think we all know, but I, I think we often overlook. It says in Matthew 27, In verse number 57, the Bible says, When the even was come, this is the, the day of the crucifixion, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. And he went to Pilate and he begged the body of Jesus. Now, this is the body that has been broken. This is the body that is bloody. This is the body that has had the nails in the hands and the feet and the spear uh, that pierced through his side. This is that body that is not even recognizable as a human being. And Joseph goes to Pilate and he begs, he pleads, he requests from Pilate, 
He says, would you please give me the body of Christ? It says in verse number 58, then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher. And there was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sitting over against the sepulcher. The Bible says in Mark 14 that Joseph craved the body of Jesus. It says in John 19 that he besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. Now think about this. Joseph was a disciple of Christ. The Bible says in verse number 57, he was a rich man. The Bible says in John 19 that he was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews. Mark 15 says that Joseph was an honorable counselor, meaning he was a part of the council. He was uh, someone with a position of authority. And this Joseph, throughout Jesus' ministry, he was a disciple secretly. But now, Jesus has been crucified. And his body is hanging on a cross. And Joseph says, I'm not a secret disciple anymore. And he goes to Pilate. He knows what has just been done to Jesus. They crucified him. And Joseph says, I am identifying with that man that you just crucified. He said, as a matter of fact, I want the body. The Bible says that Joseph took that body down off the cross as well as Nicodemus. The Bible tells us that Nicodemus also was a a man who had secretly talked to Jesus. He also was afraid of the Jews and Nicodemus didn't want to lose his position. He didn't want to lose uh, his authority. But here now Nicodemus, the same, he makes the claim. He says, I'm identifying with Jesus so much so that I want to take that body off that cross. I want to give that body a proper burial. Now, there's a couple reasons for that. One is if the body of Jesus had been treated like the bodies of others who were crucified, that body would have been thrown somewhere on a trash heap. That body might have been burned or that body might have been destroyed. But because that body was taken to a tomb, uh, there were witnesses that saw that body in that tomb, uh, the, the, the stone was rolled in front of the tomb. The stone was sealed. The guards were there to watch that body. And so there was no mistake when Jesus rose again, there was no mistake that it was him. And there was no mistake that that body that had been crucified and had been buried, that body had been risen again and Jesus Christ conquered death. But here's what I want you to see about these men. Nicodemus and Joseph. Both of these men had been secretly following Jesus, but now they were openly and boldly proclaiming their allegiance to Christ. Mark 15 says that they went in boldly unto Pilate. But imagine what they found when they went to the cross. Now, this passage says that Pilate delivered the body, but I think that means he gave them permission 
Because the Gospels tell us that Nicodemus and Joseph literally went up on that cross and took down the body of Jesus. That body that had been beaten and scourged and pierced and crucified. Can I tell you, that was a messy job. To climb up and to try to take down a body that was so mangled and a body that was so beaten and a body that was so bloody. But can I tell you why they did it? Because of what Jesus had done for them. They realized that Jesus had loved them and they realized that Jesus had given his life for them and they said if Jesus would give his life for us then certainly we can get a little messy and certainly we can go through something that's a little difficult and certainly we can deal with something that is not convenient for us because of what Jesus did for us. I want to say this. For Joseph and Nicodemus, this was not a good day. This was not a good day for Jesus' mother who stood at the foot of the cross and who saw her son being crucified. This was not a good day for those folks. But I want to tell you this. The worst day, being a Christian, is better than the best day living for the world. The very worst that, that will come your way as a Christian is far better than anything this world has to offer. Amen. Moses made his choice, and in Hebrews 11 it records in the Hall of Faith chapter, it says that Moses chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God, rather to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than all the treasure in Egypt, for he had respect under the recompense of the reward. I want to say this. Serving God, people may look on at your life or my life and they may think you've got it hard and you might have it hard and you might suffer and you may not have all the things that the people in this world have and you may not have all the accolades and you may not have all the treasures, but I'll tell you this, I'd rather be a Christian any day than live for the devil. I'd rather serve God. I'd rather have the, the, the difficulty and the burden that may come from serving Christ. I'd rather have that than the best that this world has to offer. And Joseph and Nicodemus, they said, enough is enough. We've been doing this secretly. We've been afraid. We've been timid. But we're going and we are begging for the body of Jesus to give that body the proper reverence and the proper respect that our Savior deserves it was messy it was costly the bible says that they took a mixture of myrrh and aloes about a hundred pound weight that they used personally and they spent personally to prepare the body of jesus for the burial joseph took his own tomb can I tell you, a, a tomb was expensive, but especially one that had been hewn out of the rock. And this was something that Joseph said, I'm willing to give up my very own tomb because Jesus deserves a proper, respectful burial. It was difficult. If you've ever had to carry someone carry the body of someone who has been hurt or someone who cannot walk or uh, someone who's been injured. Can I tell you, 
It's very heavy. And here these men took the body of Jesus off the cross and they took that body and they got that body down off the cross and then they carried that body to the tomb, which was within walking distance, but, but still, nonetheless, a very difficult task. But they were willing to go through difficulty and they were willing to pay a great price and they were willing to give of their finances and give of their resources to give honor to the body of Jesus Christ. It was time-consuming. No doubt it took them hours to accomplish this. No doubt there was financial investment. No doubt there was some, 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 some uh, effort that was exhausted and some effort that was invested and there was some time that was spent, but they said we're willing to give our time and we're willing to give of ourselves in order to care for the body of our Lord and Savior. I'll say this today. I wonder how badly we want Jesus in our lives. I wonder if we would be willing to beg. And I'm not talking about the body, but I'm wondering how much we'd be willing to beg for the presence of God. And I wonder how much we'd be willing to beg to say, God, I need you in my life. And Jesus, I need you in my marriage. And Jesus, I need you in my family. And Jesus, we need you in our church. And Jesus, we need you as we're starting these buses back up again. And we need you in every Sunday school class. And we need you in every nursery. And we need you in the sound booth. And Jesus, we need you in the choir. And Jesus, we need you in every pew. And I wonder how much we would beg so that we could have Jesus with us. These men, they went to Pilate, knowing it could cost them their lives, and begged for the body of Jesus. I see the body that was broken. Number two, I see the body that was begged by Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. But then I see number three, I see the body that was buried. The Bible says in Matthew 26, 12, for in that she hath poured, Mary had poured the ointment on the body of Jesus and Jesus said she did it for my burial. Uh, Mary was ahead of the game. Mary was ahead of the program. While Jesus was still alive, she poured that ointment and was already showing that he would be crucified and that he would be buried. The body of Jesus was buried. But I got good news for you. It didn't stay in that tomb very long. As a matter of fact, God's word describes a bodily resurrection. By the way, that's an important word, bodily. Jesus, his body did not stay in the grave and his spirit ascended back up to God. We're talking about a bodily resurrection where Jesus got up, where that body that had been crucified, that body came back to life and Jesus conquered death and he appeared to his disciples and he appeared to those women that came, uh, came to that tomb trying to anoint the body. And Jesus said, no need for that, ladies. I'm already up and I'm already risen and there's not a need for a burial to be prepared for because I'm already out of this grave. Jesus was seen. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, before he ascended to his father, but after his bodily resurrection, 
Jesus was seen of over 500 witnesses at one time. And you want to say that, not you, but people want to say that Jesus did not rise from the dead. It only takes a couple witnesses to prove something is true. But Jesus said, I was seen of over 500 people at one time. There's no mistaking that Jesus rose from the grave. Yes, his body was buried. But number four, his body was beheld. His body was seen. It was seen and it was evident that Jesus was alive. Oh, they didn't just see his body on the cross. They didn't just see his body beaten and bruised and bloodied, but they saw his body that had conquered death and they saw a resurrected Christ. John 19, then saith he to Thomas, Remember Thomas? He wasn't there that Sunday night after Jesus rose again. And uh, he said, I won't believe it unless I, I put my, my fingers in the holes where those nails had been placed. And Jesus showed up to Thomas and he said, Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless but believing. Jesus was beheld. Can I tell you, I've never seen Jesus. I've never seen his body. I've seen him at work. I've seen the difference that Jesus can make. I've seen what he's done in my life. I've talked to him. He's talked to me. I've never heard an audible voice, but I'll tell you, he has spoken to me just as, just as sure as I'm standing behind this pulpit. But can I tell you, one of these days, our eyes shall behold Jesus. And when we see Jesus, I think it's going to be a lot like John described in Revelation chapter 1. It's not going to be a, a Jesus that has been beaten and a Jesus that is bloody and a, and a Jesus that is hanging on a cross and a, a Jesus that is coming as a sacrifice, but it's going to be Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords. John chapter 1 uh, Revelation chapter 1, John said, I saw him and his eyes were like the flame of fire and his hair was white like wool. And John said, when I saw Jesus, I fell at his feet as though I were dead. He said, when I saw Jesus, I, I just couldn't help myself. I couldn't believe the power. I couldn't believe the majesty and the beauty that was contained in that body that John saw of Jesus. One day we shall see Jesus. The angels told the disciples in Acts 1, as Jesus ascended back up into heaven, the angels told the disciples, this same Jesus shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him taken away. You know what that means? That means that just like those disciples saw Jesus go back up into heaven, somebody, I happen to believe it's going to be us. I believe we're going to be alive when Jesus comes back. That's just my personal opinion. But somebody's going to see Jesus when he comes in the clouds and will meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. I haven't seen him. But one day, I will see him. And when I see him and when you see him, what a day that will be.
I wonder what will be the first thing that you'll say when you stand face to face with Jesus. I hope it'll be thank you. But I, I just, I think thank you will seem so inadequate. But I'm glad we'll have all of eternity to praise Him and to thank Him and to worship Him for the body that was broken on Calvary for us. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.